Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning and welcome to At Home with Roby. Patrick Prakizic from Roby Commercial Services, along with Trent Hayson from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. Is that a steel guitar? Or, no. a ban- or just a banjo? No, silly, it's for Go USA. Go USA. <laughs> Doesn't it go USA? Oh, no. USA. That's not my chant. You charge your own I chant? Throw a- I throw an old country bumpkin go in there. There you go. All right. <laughs> well, 4th of July, man. It's man. great. Yeah. Hope, hopefully you've had a good morning. Hopefully you're in a positive mood. Nobody's working uh, tomorrow. We have recorded this uh, a couple days prior, so uh, hopefully the weather's good is what I, where I'm going with that. Hopefully I'm having, uh, in a little while, going to have uh, a 4th of July, a little celebration at the house and grill out and not can, burn anything down. You can blow anything up. I, I can't, I, I don't know. No, I'm in North Carolina, man. That's what to say. You can't blow anything can't, up the, in North Carolina. You can only Carolina. have the Are sparks. Are you kidding me? Only sparks. If you're a kid in Charlotte, and you grew up in Charlotte, and you didn't go down to South Carolina with your buddies when you were 16, 17, and 18, and get some fireworks for 4th of July, you haven't lived. Do it now. This morning. <laughs> and if you have... Plead then the don't then don't admit it. There you go. Plead Last the, year, Ford and I went down, and uh, it was COVID crazy, and man, people were going bonkers. There was people. It was the most unbelievable. I've never seen. Goodness gracious, it's unbelievable. Anyway. We 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 bought some last year. We we went and shot them off at a friend's house in South Carolina. That's we didn't want to break the law. I figured that's what you're gonna say. <laughs> um, something along those lines, right? <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean it, Independence Day. I mean this is what this is what I mean the the pinnacle of of the middle of summer. Um, it, it's it's one of my favorite holidays. Yeah. I mean for us, it's sort of to me it's family cookouts, remembering what you know what what this country is all about, that kind of thing. Maybe catch a baseball game. So you on coming TV. to the river? No, nah, I mean I got we go down to oh. old old Lake Kiwi and. Good old hmm. Seneca, South Carolina. Well, I remember Mouse, Jeff Robinette, who's been with the company for, you know, 30, 40 yeah. years. You know, a like, legend like in a, his own like right. Like a father to me. Uh, him and all the, the hood rats th- 30 years ago, uh, we would go get a bunch of old school bottle rockets. You remember the little bottle rockets that a ping. And uh, we made these PVC launchers, yeah. <laughs> and, and and we would ride the paddle boat down around this boat dock, the barricade, and uh, and start launching bottle rockets at them. And they, we were kind of sitting ducks in a paddle boat. You can't go that fast. <laughs> I mean, it was wild. We were shooting Roman candles. It was crazy. God bless. None of I ever got hurt. And if my kids did that. They, they get I, the WWE SmackDown. I, yeah, I would hurt them. It wouldn't work. Yeah, <laughs> if my kids say. ever did that, I would just hurt them. Leave the fireworks out of it. There's not <laughs> one of that that I'm going to admit that I haven't done. But no longer those things aren't. We're not allowed to do that. And anymore. then we and then for a while we had potato guns. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did that. You throw a little ether in there. 
And then we did some The Works bombs. I a, hope none of the kids were That listening. was a chemistry project. Yeah. The Works? No, the potato gun. We had to see how oh, wow. it, you know, combustible flame, flame oh, thing, well, yeah, when, how it reacts. And, well, when Mouse had me do it, I didn't think we were in chemistry. I thought we were hanging out in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> I was down in your hood this past Sunday. It, okay. was, it was quiet, quiet on the river that's on what, Sunday. That's what Michael said next door. He, it, said, he said, it hadn't been, y'all been gone. And the, well, I, I rode by his house on the way home in, and it wasn't quiet at his house. Nah, he has, <laughs> he's young buck. Yeah. We, oh, youngin'. Normally yeah. I would stop by, Michael, if you're listening, but we were kind of, that, that ship had sailed, no no pun intended. We were on the, we were on the way to the, the homestead. The ship had sailed. I have a big bow. It's a, <laughs> it was, it's a little head guy. down the river with he's my just a, ship. He's just a little guy. But, the uh, muddy river that comes from Dutchman's Creek. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. We made a stop over at the Harbor Town Marina. You know what I'm talking about? Had a little gas. Yeah, I know Harbor Town. Yeah, place mm-hmm. is cool. Over there that by my, uh, McLean. Yep, that was right my, by McLean. My first Harbor Town experience. Scarlett got a double double ice cream cone. So people Harbor Town. Don't they have some good like Carolina style hamburgers or something? They had some stuff, something going on at the. At it's the kind of there. up at the mouth of the South Fort. Yes, and if you go way up to South Fort. I think. Your propeller might catch a box spring or something. <laughs> Stay out. It gets a little silty up there, FYI. A box spring. And, and, and then on a different occasion, your boat might be short on gas. <laughs> Those fish might like the box spring. Get up there, get all nice and comfy. I, mean, I don't know. I know one thing. I, we rode up there one time, and it gets shallow quick. Does it? <laughs> you got box spring around your prop. That ain't good. I had a friend hit a crab pot one time with a boat. Talking about Sounds a nice, very, very, very nice sound. But, but you don't realize the gauge of those strong box springs till you got to pull them off a propeller. <laughs> and that is a fact. It's not straight chicken wire. I mean, we're talking about some thick stuff. They, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> oh, Tom Meyer. We used to use Tom Meyer tons for HVAC 15, 20 years ago. Became dear friends. He's old river rat. He had a boat. He got him a boat. He called it the bomb. <laughs> he still has the bomb, but he lives out outer banks now. But yeah, he's the one that had to get down in that water and get that box spring off. I was like, ooh. I seen some guys eat a burrito at the gas station. It's called the bomb. Mm. You know, <laughs> ever heard of that, TJ? Oh, yeah, yeah was, going in or coming out, both ways. <laughs> <laughs> well. Let, Patrick, you want to talk about our guest today? He's a good friend of mine, uh, Chris Pendergrass. I mean, yeah, I'm looking, I say that. I'm looking forward to meeting him. It looks like he's got a lot of manufacturing backgrounds, been brought into a couple different companies. I'm really curious to hear about how he got started because it sounds like a really interesting story. Someone kind of took him under his wing. He was trying wing. to get a job at a bar. That's it. I mean, what more? Isn't there a country song about that? Probably. Tried to get a job at the bar. There's probably 10 of them but, like that. They start that way. But uh, Chris and I were on the Disney planning committee committee together oh, okay. for years right. and uh and we just had our trip so that was a success and we got to know each other really well through hard work and trials and tribulations but what's cool is he runs he's a hired gun he runs these businesses and he oh, runs these generational family businesses and now he's with Ulrich and and he's got a great spot great company exciting story ready to learn chris pendergrass when we return you're listening to at home with roby Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services, along with Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. If you missed the first segment, 
you didn't really miss all that I honestly much. think we had a lot of fun on the first day. I was going to say, other than a darn good time, you go back and listen. Uh, obviously, we're here on 4th of July uh, at home with the Robies every Sunday. Just every now and again, we happen to fall on a holiday, which is uh, kind of cool. A couple weeks ago, it was Father's Day. Well, Father's Day is always on Sunday, right? Huh? Huh? What do you celebrate? Mother's Day? No. <laughs> <laughs> also a Sunday holiday. Hey. <laughs> well, we've got to... <laughs> We've got Chris Pendergrass on the phone, or, or on the show, by phone, I should say. And you know Chris. This is my first time meeting Chris. You yeah. guys just spent some time together. Yeah, we did. We we were on the planning committee. It was the longest-running planning committee for YPO, Southern 7. Uh, it took us three years because the trip was supposed to go off last year. In the meantime, Chris moved outside of the Southern 7 jurisdiction, seven southern states, to Texas, back where, where you're from, right, Chris? That's correct. And uh, Chris and his wife Bonnie, who are awesome, uh, hung in there and and stayed on the committee and did a great, excellent job. And then Chris and I always talk about business, and I was like, "You got to get on the show and tell your story." He keeps threatening to come hang out with us when he goes to a office in Virginia. So. Oh man, let's do it! Yeah. So, so Chris, I, I want to start out. Uh, you, you sent us a nice bio, which makes obviously we appreciate that. It makes it a little easier to start asking some questions. But the first thing that, that I want to ask you uh, is, you are the president slash integrator at Ulrich. What what is the integrator portion? I think I might know, but I'm just curious. Uh, there's a book by Gino Wickman called Traction, and it's called EOS Traction EOS Entrepreneur's Operating System. And it's kind of just a way to run your business. It's similar to Rockefeller Habits. There's other systems out there. And, and essentially, it defines a, a successful business, kind of a smaller, mid-sized business, as having a visionary uh, that's looking out long in the horizon where we need to go. And then a, another position that is the integrator that makes that vision happen. Chris. So uh, Jonathan Ulrich is our CEO, and I am the uh, vision, uh, he's our visionary. And I'm the integrator president trying to make those things happen. Well, it, I, I thought that's what you were going to say. I wasn't sure, but I wanted to ask uh, on the air. We integrated EOS uh, with our commercial services team back at the beginning of January. It was uh, referred to me by, by a close, dear friend of ours in business in Charlotte by a guy named Ron Weatherly. Um, and you know, I read the book probably November, early December of last year, and it was sort of like had one of those aha moments like, hey, this is exactly what we need right now for our business. So we're, we're about six months in. We have our second all day offsite uh, July fourteenth. So I thought that's what you're going to say, but I just wanted to, wanted to check. It kind of makes me feel good that we might be on the on, on the same path as, as some others that have had success in business. Yeah, I'm a few years ahead of you, so be happy to to help in any way. Any thoughts on what what works, what doesn't work? No, it's exciting. And, and so you use this process to take a family ran business and then purchase two other locations and then integrate everything. Is that correct? Yeah, so, well, EOS doesn't necessarily require an acquisition, but my role uh, with Ulrich, Ulrich was a, a company, uh, his father started it as, um, in, in Kentucky, moved the business to Texas, and we are a manufacturer of lifestyle structures, and looked at, a few years ago, uh, Jonathan Ulrich, the visionary and owner of the business, uh, was wanting to grow and expand, and instead of just going into areas and dropping a factory and starting to compete, he thought he would partner with other family companies like us, and that's what we did with uh, Byler Barnes in uh, Virginia, that's now uh, branded Ulrich, as well as um, Dry Creek Mini Barns in California, out in Bakersfield. Cool. And so what we've done now is over the last year, we've put those similar products, same website, same accounting systems, same back-end systems, so that we can leverage the scale of a larger business in this industry. 
It's awesome. It sounds great. I mean, I. Mm-hmm. So, I, what all are lifestyle structures? Can I ask the same question. Uh, it, for us, that means it, it can mean a lot of things. And so, what what it really means is we're look. Our customers don't want just a dry spot in their yard. They're not looking for just a, a cheap building to throw up on the side of their yard where they can put their lawnmower. So a lifestyle structure is something that enhances your lifestyle. It could be a she shed. It could be a man cave, pool house uh, on our shed side. Or sometimes it is a basic 8 by 10 utility shed that is uh, allows you to free up your garage or open up an extra bedroom uh, because maybe your mother-in-law is uh, – uh, needs needs to come and, and live with you and and help that process and you just need a little bit of extra space. It's a low cost way of adding square footage to your house. And so, but we want to find the right structure. We call them lifestyle structures because we want them to be part of how it enhances your life. And then in, in our Texas division, we also do family cabins for family ranches. So these are traditional still stick built offsite cabins that will go up on family ranches. Uh, you can design, customize it, and in 12 weeks. Uh, plug in the electricity and be living in a in a uh, up to two to twenty three hundred square foot cabin. No, th- this is awesome. I, I mean, I, I seriously, I mean, I, I spent. I'm looking at it now, but I spent quite a little bit of time on your website, which is ulrichlifestyle.com. U L R I C H. And Trent, they've got some really really cool products. Oh, I mean, he showed me his. Yeah, was, we were talking about it a couple months ago, and you started showing me his portfolio of cabins. I was like, dang, these are sweet and. And, and and it's a ver you're you're a manufacturer so it's it's manufactured housing and I to, I told you Chris coming from an old school builder where everything's got to be hard and 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 mucky uh you know you got to build it on site and then and then about ten years ago my brother and my dad and I went and looked at a at a at a factory in Virginia building houses and watching my dad eyes open and him be so impressed by how building in a conditioned environment and doing the same role over and over and over systematically as a human or as a process uh man it was eye-opening and and you build quality and the the beauty is it cuts down if you do the proper planning it cuts down your delivery like you said in 12 weeks you can be be open for business yeah, and, and uh, manufactured homes has a, a designation under HUD uh, that, that means a certain style of building. Uh, we aren't really manufactured. We're traditionally stick-built. We're building you know, two-by-six rafters, and we're building a, a really well-built – in fact, we have to build a little bit stronger than it built on site because we got to load it up on a trailer and deliver it out to the property. So, you know, it's, it's a traditional stick-built modular style is also what you hear. But, yeah, it's a – it's a quality build, and like you said, we can do it fast, and we can do it over and over again because we're doing it in a, in a, in a plant. Yeah, and it's not getting rained on and crazy. I mean, I, yeah, we're yeah. saying the same thing. My terminology might have been a little off. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sometimes like, you get offended you know, yeah. of what a manufactured home could be. Like, no, man, I'm going to punch that. you in the head. <laughs> you can punch me in the head. I just felt that, Chris. I was actually yeah. trying to prove your point. Uh, yeah, but, uh, so yeah, so, you know, give us a little rundown on Ulrich. How big, I mean, what you got growth plans. What, what are you doing over there? Uh, yeah, our, our largest division is in Texas. And so when we do an acquisition, we tend to allow the management team. We want to buy the management team and the people with it, or want to uh, join the companies together. So we usually will leave the management team in place. 
uh, and let them run. We'll bring in the HR and the uh, accounting, all the back office stuff. Very few people go into business thinking, man, we're going to have the greatest accounting department or HR department. So we bring those back to our headquarters in Fort Worth, Texas, and allow the uh, the entrepreneur in the market to do what he's best at, sell, uh, sell to, and solve customer issues, solve customer problems with a lifestyle structure that they're having, as well as uh, build build product. And so that's our strategy. We've got about a little under 200 employees nationwide. Uh, about half of those are in Texas and then kind of split between Virginia and California. And we're actively looking for uh, more acquisitions and to expand our, our geographic footprint. Right now, we're coast to coast and in three states. We'd like to improve that a little bit. Coast to coast, three states. <laughs> that's yeah. good, though. But I like people and companies that want to grow by acquiring successful businesses. Right that are looking for a transition, looking to t- do what they love to do and instead of buying downtrodden businesses and trying to pick them. I mean, I'm more of a, a Buffett-esque type guy to where he likes to buy si- businesses that are assets, they're running, and then how can he bring his systems in and improve them somewhat? Yeah, I mean, take them really from point A to point B, really from point A to point C right out of the gate. I mean, you kind of can skip some process, add some, add some, uh, you know, integrate by integrating, grow a lot quicker. Do you bring all these new acquisitions onto the EOS platform right out of the gate? Uh, we do bring them on the EOS platform immediately. Uh, we, uh, you know, for our next acquisition, it kind of depends on where they are in their life cycle. Sure. Um, if they're ready, we may bring them onto the Ulrich product set, which ties them into the, the nationwide website and kind of enhances the marketing opportunities for them. Yeah, I agree with um, that. There's some that we may wait a little longer before we bring them onto our products. It kind of depends on where their status is. Man, that's, that is really cool story. Really awesome. Uh, I want to hear, I want to hear Chris Pendergrass, what got you into yeah, manufacturing. Not now, now we, we, we got where you're at, what's going on with Ulrich. Now, when Let's we come back, back uh, Chris, we got to pay some bills. Will you stick around for another segment? Be glad to. All right, we got Chris Pendergrass hailing from Texas when we return. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services, along with Trent Hayson from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. We have Chris Pendergrass from Ulrich, based in Austin, Texas, with three states, coast-to-coast offering um, in lifestyle buildings. If you're not sure what that is, check them out on ulrichlifestyle.com. We were joking. Chris is in the she shed business, I mean, playhouse <laughs> business, barn business, cabin business, room addition business. Room addition business. I mean, this is not what you think, or at least what I would. If I'm just saying what I just said, you got to go check this website out. So many a cool things. Bit of all of it. It's pretty cool how you divert. Not only have you diversified and and c- want to continue geographically. But you've diversified by segments of of yeah. that of that product delivery, which is really cool as well. So Two hundred employees. I mean, it's covered. a big company, Trent. That's right. Um, but yeah, home office home office wasn't a big trend until about a year ago. Then it blew up. <laughs> but according to your bio, you always wanted to work in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> just I, I always wanted to work in a bar. It was uh, <laughs> I. I grew up in a small town in Texas, and, you know, my parents didn't really go to college and kind of lower middle class from that standpoint and looked at um, – I had to work my way through college. So I went to college oh, cool. and had to work while in college, and I was trying to get at a job in a bar, and that's how I wound up in manufacturing. Yeah, you kind of and, met your a mentor, right? And that's sort of how that sort of played out? Yeah, the, the, bar, the bar was opening up in the, my college town of Austin College in Sherman, Texas, and 
the bar owner's wife was the HR manager for a manufacturing company. And that's where at age 19, I, I joined, jumped into manufacturing and wound up meeting my mentor who just, you know, really took me under his wing and, you know, really just changed my life from both a business career and, and personal standpoint. So, so yeah, so this is your mentor, 17 plus years. How, I mean, when did you realize, hey, man, I got this, this, this wiser, older man is sitting here taking me under his wing, going to bring me along? Because I've had some mentors, and it's kind of like a aha moment, or sometimes it's in retrospect. Tell us about that. It was probably in retrospect. He was a, a larger-than-life figure. Um, he's passed away now. He was a larger-than-life figure. And when I was an intern, my office was right outside of his. And one of my tasks was to fill the dog's water bowl. He brought his dogs to work every day. And probably where <laughs> I really kind of figured out that he was testing me in different ways that I wasn't aware of was he called me in one day and asked if he was, if he should fire me for not filling the dog's water bowl. And I kind of freaked out and said, no, I, I understand. I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. And so I started doing it every day. He went on a safari in Africa, and the dogs had fresh water just in case he might show up. And he called me back in his office about six months later and goes, you know why I have you do that? And I go, I get it. You're the owner. You don't drink coffee. I'm the intern. I, I've got to go through my paces. And he said, no, if you can't, he's asked me how many times I'll walk by the dog's water bowl. I said, I don't know, probably 15, 20 times a day. And he said, if you can't, number one, notice there's a problem with the water. And more importantly, do something about it. You can't manage anything in your life more than a dog's water bowl. And so that was the type of interesting learning I wow. took on was he'd give me things that he knew I'd either fail at or struggle with, let me struggle with them, come back to him, and then go, okay, now let's talk about how you can really do it. Mm. Well, wow, I mean, that's 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 incredible just to think about something like that. I mean, it kind of reminds me, Trent, we had Jack Ossa on the show uh, a few weeks back. And, and Jack, uh, as, long story short, Chris, he came from uh, Columbia, and he, he didn't speak very good English, and he found a job as a busboy. And he said, I didn't know what a busboy was, but I was going to be the best dang busboy that Charlotte had ever seen. And uh, it sort of platformed his success. I mean, that that's that's a really cool story. I mean, especially how how old were you at that time? I was twenty years old, uh, sophomore in college. Well, how many twenty year olds? If you were like, you know, hey, make sure that dog, they're just rolling their eyes at you now and just saying, I mean, come on, I'm better than that. Um, it mm -hmm. w it wouldn't take that seriously. So I mean, you, at least it sounds like you passed the first test. I did, and there were many more after that, and many more that I fell down a lot harder than just not filling the water bowl. <laughs> well, well, Chris, I have the this notes I took uh, from uh, what was the guy's name that spoke the Disney fellow that spoke to us? Uh, I can't think of his name. What was his name? But I'm carrying these, the uh, customer service guy. Yeah, I'm carrying these with Jungle Dan or something, something like that. I'm carrying yeah. these notes yeah, yeah. around. He says your job as a Disney employee. This is across the board is number one, make people happy. Number two, pick up every piece of trash. And number three, do your, quote, hired-to-do, end quote, job. That's number three. Number three, make people happy, pick up every piece of trash, then do your job that you're hired to do. And Yeah, I think that's, the, that's right up there with servant leadership. And I think, the, you know, he's probably talking about the CEO walking through, and if there's a piece of trash, he'll bend over, pick it up. Yep. And it's about setting that example and, and leading people not being uh, – the other thing my mentor would say is dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And it sounds like that's what uh, Osa was the, the gentleman's name you mentioned. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's he an architect he here. He didn't yeah. want to be a busboy, but he knew that in order for him to, to do the next role, whether that's in a, a different job in the restaurant industry, you've got to be the best dang busboy there ever was. 
Otherwise, no. you never get the chance to take on that next position. You're right. Uh, I mean, just there's so many examples of that. We, my wife and I took an Uber. We had a, a date night this past Saturday night, and we get in the Uber, and it's, it would smell nice. It was clean. It had charging cords everywhere, mints. I mean, it had signs on what you could and couldn't do. And I asked Leah, I'm like, man, this is really impressive. And she goes, I mean, she goes, if you can do something, you might as well do it right. And kind of like smarted me off and said that way. And I'm like, you know what? She's exactly right. I mean, it was cool just to see the pride. And it's it's really a shame that, that we have to say that and point out stories like that because that's really how it should be with everybody. But we all know that it's not. I mean, it's just it's sort of a one of those things that either have to be taught or you have to learn by filling the dog's water bowl. I mean, a sense of pride in what you're doing. Yeah. And as you guys know, you guys are in the construction industry. Um, I'm in the construction industry now. My you know, a chemical engineering degree, so I've been in plastics and soap and all kinds of different businesses. There are great jobs, great hardworking people that make those things happen, that are out there building our sheds or building our cabins or building your buildings. Um, and their work ethic and the pride they take, the ability for them to go home and, and provide for their family. You know, there's a great thing about the American work ethic. And it should be celebrated. And I don't think we celebrated enough. I agree with you. I think yes, trade skilled trades. I think anybody that takes pride in what they do, they go home with confidence, and it brings up brings about a better family life, a, a better mentality. Uh, Chris, you have two sons. I think my I think uh, my my daughters and your sons get along real well. <laughs> what are they some? Do. What are? I mean, they're like real, really good friends. What are? What are some principles? I mean, you got these are nice young men. I'm letting my daughters run with them. What are some principles? How are you carrying this over to their life? Well, I think it's uh, talking about uh, different things they do. You know, they're very into sports and athletics. They play lacrosse, football, basketball, just about anything. And you know, talk to them about situations where you know they're not the star on the team. What is their role on the team? How important their role is. Uh, what are they trying to do? And and once you make a commitment to the team, how do you live up to that commitment? Are you giving your full energy? You know, my uh, my older son played football for the first time in several years. And, you know, you take off a few years in the sport, especially in Texas when it comes to football. Yeah. You aren't the starter when you come out. And we had some good conversations about, hey, look, you know, your work ethic can show out. If you want more time on the field, you get it by being in practice. And you may be on the scout team. If you give 100%, you're going to get that opportunity on the field. It may not come this year. It may come next year. But you've got to give that 100% effort. You can't just show up and expect things to be given to you. You have to put in the work at home, on the practice field, and everything else to really come out. So really talking about that work ethic and how to build that in and that pride in what you do and really measure it from where you are and not comparing yourself to someone else, but really what you can put into it. Man, that, that, yeah, is he propositioning me for, for uh, we're going to do an arranged marriage or something? I don't know what's going on here. Hey, man. Hey, you Listen think, to him you talk. Think, you think I don't talk to Reagan. I'm like, hmm, they pretty good one there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's amazing that they've, they've been around each other a few times, and uh, the second they walk back in the room, the, the Halston uh, girls walk in. It's a, it's a magnet. They're all hanging out, running around. I mean, literally having cool. not been together in a year and a half. Literally. And yeah. boom, and crazy. And, and it's right back up like they saw each other last. Trent, you might want to be careful with that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Well, uh, well, Chris, man, it's been so awesome hearing it's your so story nice you. and learning about Ulrich. Uh, why don't you give you give your business a little a little promo? Tell people how they can look you up and find you, and then and then just give the overlying. You, you've done a lot of it, but what? How how do you run your business? What's the one principle that is always there running your business? 
at Ulrich? All right, so uh, we're, com is the place to find us online. Uh, we are located in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and we do uh, uh, service the entire state of Virginia. So we're, we're close to Charlotte. We haven't quite broached into North Carolina completely. Um, and I'd say from a, from a standpoint of kind of the overriding thing, you know, we use the OS model, which I think is a great model. Find a model to run your business on and use it. Don't you know, do Book of the Month Club or anything like that. But if I'd say there's one <laughs> thing is, is be as nice as you can be and as unnice as you have to be. I think people can get confused on, hey, look, I need to be nice. We need to win a culture award. But the bottom line in business, you got to have results and you got to have accountability. So my well, was another one of my mentors' phrases, as nice as you can be and as unnice as you have to be, because um, you've got to get the results. You've got to be moving things forward. You've got to be willing to have hard conversations. And sometimes those don't always come across as nice. And so that's what we want to try to do. We want to help people develop and help people grow within our business. Uh, and that comes with holding people accountable. The people in my life that uh, I look back and respect the most aren't the ones that always said, oh, it'll be okay, you're great. They're usually the ones going, pushing me to be the best that I could be. No. Be as nice as you can be, but as unnice as you have to be. Dang, we hadn't ever heard that one before, Chris. Chris, it was awesome hearing your story, man. Godspeed to you. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, You're listening to At Home with Roby. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm Trent Hayson from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. We just finished up with Chris Pendergrass from Ulrich, uh, who evidently, if you missed the last couple of segments, his son might be marrying one of Trent's no. daughters. Whoa, 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 whoa. Kind of got a little off off track there, but no. is that? No, I didn't no he's got, he's raising some good boys. Him and Bonnie are doing a wonderful job. Yeah. That was a compliment, is all it was. It was. Uh, but it is it is cool to see the kids' spirit and, and and like we said, they hadn't seen each other in a year and a half. They get together, it's like boom, and it's really cool to watch these other kids. Uh, that once a year we have a family meeting where families come, and to see different personalities of parents and yeah. and type A and type B, you know, outgoing, reserved, and then how their kids are are extensions of them. It's really a really a cool experiment to see. He's got some good boys. No, I mean what you what you were saying there is the ultimate compliment. I don't know if you if you saw the the golf tournament on Sunday, but it went to eight playoff holes with two guys, Harris English and Kramer Hickok. Who a lot of people have heard of Harris English, but a lot, nobody I'd never really heard of Kramer Hickok. And you know, these announcers start running out of things to talk about eight playoff holes in, but Hickok is married to basically his best friend's sister. That's what they were saying. Like, gosh, if your best friend's going to introduce you to his sister, you must be a pretty good guy. But uh, something that was sort of unique about the playoff, and anybody who watched it saying, you know, it was just sort of cool. The whole crowd was cheering for this Kramer Hickok. They were chanting his name at every green. And Harris English, who I knew a little bit about him, but not a lot, just sort of stayed stoic, did his thing, and he ended up winning with a long putt. Um, and it was just cool to see his grace and, you know, still thank the fans. Man, it's just a classy guy after, after you know, everybody's cheering against him. He wins. He could have been like, in your face, crowd, but he didn't. It was, I thought it was sort of That's neat. good. Yeah, it was, it was a really long golf tournament, but once eight, eight playoff holes is pretty fun to watch. Wow. That's awesome. I heard about it. Yeah. I, 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 I like to play golf. I love to play golf. I don't watch that much golf. I, I really don't watch that much TV. Right. So it's hard for me to sit by TV on a Sunday or well, a Saturday. It's a it's a background in the background yeah. kind of thing. You sort of catch it, you know, hold here, maybe cooking. That's what we do, sort of grilling out kind of deal. That's good. But uh, It's fun when it's in the background. Yeah. I, just, I just didn't do it. Uh, 
I got a couple. One other thing uh, from this Disney note. Uh, I want to do a my what I, my takeaway is. We need to do some lunch and learns. We hadn't done them in a while. COVID kind of got us off track. We talk about just do it uh, with Al Williams, Art Williams, Art Williams. Super I've duper. Been listening to him on my trip. Uh, just do it. Great. We need to get that back in front of the company. But <laughs> this is this is what he said. Satisfaction is dangerous. Going the extra mile is a flawed concept because you can't scale it. You can't go the extra mile every time. Every person can't go the extra mile because it uses so much energy and it's so hard to repeat. Go the extra inch. That is scalable. Go the extra inch. I like that. So, uh, you know, going the extra mile... You, you go the extra mile and then and then you don't perform to that level. People get let down even when there's satisfaction, right? But if you can always go the extra inch, you can do that consistently. Well, my favorite equation that I got, I, I stole this from Rich Pizio, who's a friend of ours. We'll call him out on the radio, and he got it from some executive at Ferguson, but it's D equals E over R. Disappointment equals expectations over reality. Yep. I mean, That's it's so right. simple, man. It's that kind of thing. We if, dealt with this. Reagan was in charge of the VIP tours and oh. and yeah, YPOers VIP and and the some of our friends had this great VIP experience. Great, this, this VIP guy did the greatest job. And then they said, if we can get another VIP, we want another VIP. This was so awesome. This was so awesome. Two days later, another VIP, and it wasn't as great. Mm. And it was it came across as a letdown. So Disney Disney did all the things right procedurally and and tactfully to 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 do all the right things. But it was just it's it's that right? the attitude. It's uh it's expectations. And yep. and if you set high expectations, you got you got to deliver to achieve achieve them. So uh, yeah, man. I don't know. You come back from these trips, you're a little fired up and. You gotta you gotta keep keep it a top of mind, or, or you get back in the muck. So I carry it around in my pocket for about a month. Wonder how dirty that piece of paper gets, <laughs> Mister COVID. <laughs> you want some of my paper? Uh, but I'll carry it around in my pocket until I do something about it, or my pocket knife cuts it. So I'm like technically a millennial at this point, still, be based on the year I'm born. So I just put it in my phone under notes, and it's always there forever. And don't have to worry about it getting dirty. You're a millennial. It explains yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> does, doesn't it? If I lose my phone, I'm toast, but <laughs> we, got a, we got a problem. I do not put stuff in my phone like that because I really? will not call it out and use it. I tried to oh, yeah. use notes in my phone. I'm old school. I don't know, man. I don't know. Something with these headphones. I've been I've been running with earbuds in. It makes my ears worse. <laughs> yeah, I, think they, yeah. I think my earbuds actually said, warning, you need to stop using earbuds. You use your earbuds a certain amount of time in 24 hours. <laughs> alert, alert. Yeah. And I got mad and threw them on the ground and broke them. No, Don't do that. Those, aren't, those that. aren't cheap. I'm kidding. So, what a great show. I'll wrap it up, TJ What a great says. day. God bless the USA. It's July 4th. Chris Pendergrass talking about Ulrich and talking about his history, his career, his mentor, his family. What a great show. Thank you, Chris. Hey, go do the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Walk around with a smile on your face. Thank you for listening to At Home with Roby.